Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of Care Package to Japan. Today, I am with my friend Ray, and I'm so excited to chat with you today. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today.、Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah. So, Ray, do you mind telling the audience a little bit about yourself, where you're located right now, and what you do? Oh, absolutely.、Uh, my name is actually Rachel Meek, but、uh, I go by Ray in Japan. And I currently live in Nishinomiya, which is located between Osaka and Kobe in the southern region of Kansai. I'm a missionary with a church called Shukugawa Bible Church. And the bulk of my work is teaching English classes as part of our outreach. So I grew up in Hawaii and I'm half Japanese American. I'm a fourth generation though. So my mom's whole family has come to Japan a long, a long time ago and has been in Hawaii mostly for about three generations. And so I first started studying the Japanese language just to fulfill regular high school requirements. To try to learn more about my heritage and、um, to connect with my grandfather. And initially, when I went to college, I really just wanted to have some time away from Hawaii and experience a different place, different culture. And I wanted to study Greek and Hebrew and become a biblical scholar. But throughout my time in college, God kept steering me towards studying Japanese and learning about Japan, whether it was history, culture, literature. All of the classes I wanted to take kept kind of pointing back to Japan. And so I kind of justified it to myself and said, oh, I'll study Japanese. That'll be a marketable skill. In Hawaii, and so I can take care of my parents and stuff like that. But through study abroad,、um, going to Japan for the first time, and meeting other students in the Japanese university, and being the first Christian they'd ever talked to,、uh, I started to feel how important it was for there to be more Christians in Japan. And I still didn't think it was possible for me to do missions. And so I was looking for jobs as an ALT and thinking I can live in Japan for a couple of years, improve my Japanese skills, and then I can work in Hawaii as a translator. But、uh, I went to a missions conference, Urbana, in. 2015, in my senior year of college, and God, through a seminar about honor and shame culture and how that affects people in Asia who become Christians, God kind of showed me that for people in Japan, 
it's necessary for people to commit to a long-term sharing of life and demonstrating what it means to follow Jesus. And even though I wasn't at all comfortable with the idea of going out and like stopping people on the street and asking them like, hey, do you know the four spiritual laws? Um, I felt like living in a place with people and sharing life with them was something I could do. And that was something that God wanted me to do in Japan. And so I kept looking for jobs and God provided again through uh, through CCC, another connection at Urbana and a divine appointment with one of the associate pastors of the church where I now work. God just provided a door for me to join ministry here in Nishinomiya, and I've been here since 2016. Okay, so let's talk about what do you typically do when you get homesick? What are some things that you do in Japan that helps you kind of remind you of home or is like comforting for you? I, like I said, I didn't really feel homesick very much for the first five years. Um, I felt really fulfilled living in Japan. And recently with the pandemic, it's been more of this kind of bad feeling that I, I can't go home right now because of the, the quarantine measures and Japan's border controls. Uh, if I were to go home, like I could get into the States, of course, and I could visit my parents on Kauai uh, if I got all the paperwork. Although I've heard that it costs like thousands of dollars to get the PCR tests and everything and the certificates. But to come back to Japan would require a long quarantine process. And that would interfere with my teaching and ministry here. And so with my work schedule, it, it feels like it's impossible to go home. And so then that limitation makes me feel uncomfortable. I guess the biggest thing that I missed coming to Japan from America was food. Um, so I just learned how to make food, like making my own sourdough, or I cook a lot of, or I try to cook a lot of Mexican flavored food because that's pretty hard to find in Japan. Who say that they do miss Mexican food, which is not something that I would have guessed. When I first moved here, my um, my boyfriend at the time, who had lived in Japan for a while, actually in Ishinomiya, told me, like, there is only one Taco Bell in Japan and it's in Tokyo. So <laughs> they're, they're talking about opening one in Osaka and that would make such a huge difference for all of the missionaries <laughs> in Japan. And so when Taco Bell opened in Osaka, like all of my, the mission missionary team that I'm on, like we all went together and some of them like went very frequently. <laughs> As I just like search through small random import shops in order to find pinto beans and learned how to make refried beans for myself, uh, stuff like that, or finding the right types of chilies. My current roommate is actually Mexican um, or half Mexican, and so she makes tamales and 
it is a huge production to find all of the ingredients that she needs. And most of them are from online. How did you meet your current roommate? We were friends in college. Oh, that's super cool. So did you guys decide to go to Japan together or that was kind of like a divine? Actually, this is again, God working. Um, she was a year older than me in college. And I came to Japan almost immediately. I came to Japan about three months after I graduated. I had a summer of waiting and working in Hawaii and just being like, okay, God, when you open the door, I'll go. And so I've been here for five and a half years. She has been here for about two and a half years, I think. She was a year ahead of me and she had gone to grad school for language and stuff, but we both study Japanese. We both were in the same InterVarsity Christian group on our college campus and in St. Paul, Minnesota. And so I went back to the States for Urbana in 18, 2018. And I wanted to go visit my friends in Minnesota and like visit the members of the church there. And so after Urbana was over, I went up to St. Paul for like a day and a half. And I was on Facebook trying to find like, who's in the cities on New Year's day. <laughs> And no one was there. Like, they're all doing stuff with their family. But my roommate, Brittany, responded and was like, I'd be in the cities and my small group's having a Bible study. And so I met up with her, went to Bible study, and we talked until like 2 a.m. about just all kinds of stuff. And at the time, she was like feeling kind of at a dead end with her job and was talking about like going to teach English in Korea. And I didn't think very much of it, but I was like, why would you do that? Like, you already speak Japanese, you love Japan. Come teach English in Japan. Like, I work at an English school. And I thought I was being normal, but apparently my tone made a huge impression on her. And it was like part of God telling her to come to Japan. And so she joined our team a few years ago, and we've been living together since then. But. Yeah, that one trip to Urbana, actually, our current team, me and Brittany, and then one other guy that we work with. The three of us who are here in Japan right now all came because of that Urbana, <laughs> Urbana 18 trip. And then I'm here because of Urbana 15. Wow, that's so special. I love hearing stories of how God used those conferences in really launch people to different parts of the world. Because I, I had prayed before going because I, I just really enjoy Urbana, but I had prayed that God would use it to help, to help with recruiting for the ministry and to help encouraging Japanese believers and to encourage people who are interested in Japan. It's really exciting to see how God answered that prayer. How would you describe the past five years. So you used the word fulfilled earlier. I love to hear more about if you were to explain the past five, six years in Japan, how would you describe the experience um, to someone who's just met you? I'm really glad that you didn't do the like in one word question. That one sounded like really hard because it, it's kind of like waves. You know, you have ups and downs 
you have times when you feel really full and times when you feel really dry. And there, there are definitely hard times where it can be hard to have a community. And because I teach English conversation, my classes and work times are at times when other people are free. And my days off are when everyone's at work and all the things are closed. Um, and so it can be a challenge. You have to be really intentional, intentional about forming relationships, meeting people. Uh, but working at the English school and serving at the church for me does feel like really God's God's hand because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Like I had my my fake plan to be a Japanese language translator in Hawaii, but I didn't really believe that I was going to do that. And so I didn't know what I was going to do. I have so many interests and so many hobbies. I love sewing. I was working actually with a clothing manufacturer when I lived in Hawaii. I love fashion and design creation. I love reading, literature, religion, sociology, and linguistics. And I got a teaching certification when I was a college student, but I was like, I don't know like what what I'm gonna do. And working here, like I use, I think I could say literally all of the skills, all of the experience, the sewing, the interest in art history, the crazy variety of music that I listen to, like all of it has been useful because the students want to talk about all kinds of things. They want to talk about environmental issues. They want to talk about gender. And those are things that I talked about for hours when I was in college. I've been sewing things for church events. We've had like craft craft events where people come to church for the first time or talk to Christians while they're making bags. Uh, just, it's amazing to see how God put me in a place and prepared me for the needs of this ministry for years and has made it so, it just felt like such a perfect fit. Like this is where I belong. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is so beautifully encapsulated. Um, I want to ask you, because you had a choice before going to Japan of, you know, like I am gonna stay in Hawaii and become a translator. So like you had a choice of, I can do my, my path or I can do what I think God is telling me or nudging me um, to do. And yeah, at that time, how did you come to the conclusion that, yes, I am gonna trust that nudging and I'm gonna trust what I think is God's calling and what kind of gave you that confidence to move forward? Interesting, yeah. By the time I was in Hawaii, actually, after I had graduated from college, I was living with my parents and I had a job, like I said, with a, a fashion 
a clothing business. It was a very small business, but it was growing. And I'd been with them for four years at that point. Like throughout time in college, I kept sewing with her. And there were opportunities within that business, in that job to advance in training other people and even in collaborating with a modeling company that they had connections with that wanted to bring models from Japan and give them training and wanted me to translate at that point with my Japanese at the level it was, um, which was not great, but might have worked out, might have been functional. Um, and so I had that kind of new path in fashion and creativity um, open up to me at the time. But the whole time I was in Hawaii, I felt like I was just waiting. And from the time, from about New Year's, I had thought, God, when you open the door, I will go to Japan. I felt like it was necessary for me to go. And I had committed multiple times. And I think what really gave me confidence was looking back at the the experience of like the past eight years of all my time in college, even from high school. There have been so many points when God kept steering me towards Japan. My decision to go to college in Minnesota instead of a college that specialized in studying Greek was another big point when God said, no, it's important to go to college that has a Japanese program. And it just it felt like every every time there's so many so many small things too. Um, international literature, global literature had books about Japan for half the semester. Um, how is that global? But that was the semester I was in the class. God just kept saying, like, Japan is important to me. I love the people in Japan and someone needs to tell them. And like, Ray, that someone can be you. Wow. Thank you so much. Um, one, for being in Japan. And yeah, I, I just admire um, your willingness to just go. Um, that is so beautiful. It feels like something that couldn't be avoided. <laughs> it's it's what God wanted, and you can't run from that. Yeah, that is beautiful. Like, what are some things that you do that help you connect with God? Because from just our conversation, you just sound like someone who is deeply connected to the Father's heart. And I think myself and definitely the listeners um, will be blessed by us hearing you know how you typically connect with with god yeah okay um man i hope i'm connected with god i want to be and i'm actually in a process of working to get more connected with god during this lenten season um but typically my connection with god is probably mostly through the bible i i read the Bible every day. Um, I attempt to read through the Bible every year, and um, I 
I love to study and talk about the Bible and just see see God through it because throughout the whole Bible you can get glimpses of God's character. You can see the different faces of God, um, learning about the names of God, different characteristics of God is so, so beautiful. Um, also through nature and like Japan really values and appreciates nature. And so being here has deepened my love. I've always loved being outdoors. I've loved the ocean, the sky, mountains, swimming, hiking. Recently, I've taken up rock climbing, so bouldering in the gym or going outdoors. Um, just the way the sun hits the leaves, the cherry blossoms in my area are really beautiful. So that's coming soon. We have lovely mountains just north of us. And so like walking, being out in nature always inspires me to praise God's beauty and God's creation, how, how much God loves beautiful things, um, even if they're really simple and plain, um, which again, ja Japanese artists have a great appreciation for simplicity and even imperfection, things that we perceive as like, you know, not quite being uniform, being unique. God has created all of those different aspects, different details with purpose and meaning. And imperfections can help us understand God's perfection even more. So I guess meditating and looking, looking for God like it's a game of hide and seek and talking to God like a real personal friend and asking God like, what, what do you like? What do you think about this? What's your favorite color? Um, wanting to know God personally has, has really shaped my experience. And again, because finding a community can be a challenge, I found a great community in our church and that's helped my Japanese improve a lot. And so talking to Japanese Christians is really important to me. But also in the times when I feel alone, being close to God is important. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I'm trying to think of something practical. Journaling? <laughs> Journaling is great. I write letters to God. I do, if you don't mind, I want to say a little bit about the church because for me, um, coming to Japan as a missionary, I didn't feel like I was equipped to go out and tell Japanese people about the gospel. Um, and so it was really important for me to be working with a Japanese church. Um, so like I said, I met the associate pastor in St. Louis. Um, and so I, I function as kind of a staff member in the church and this church is amazing because they they focus really deeply on understanding the true meaning of the Bible, but the main way that they live that out is by making disciples. They have disciple-making programs. They do a lot of evangelistic work, a lot of outreach events. They want all of the members to be able to 
lead other people to Christ and then train them to become mature Christians. And so that's one of the reasons that I feel good about working here for so long is because the Japanese church is exponentially more influential in their community than I could ever be. And so I feel like, to use a kind of Japanese turn of phrase, I'm like lending them some of my power, some of my energy um, to try to boost their efforts. And so that's really encouraging to see how God's working in the church. What are some things that you're noticing that God is doing um, in this particular church that you're at? Like I said, the disciple making is really big. Even during COVID, our church kept meeting. We've spread out. So like we're meeting in many different rooms. We've got Zoom and online stuff. But through that, like the small groups really like came together. The small groups that were already in place became vehicles for maintaining community in this really isolating time of the pandemic and organizing smaller events where you can reach out to just a couple of your friends instead of having a full church picnic where you have like over a hundred people going down to the beach. Um, so recently the small group events and the more personal outreach has been has been fruitful and has been really exciting to be a part of. Awesome. Yeah, I love the aspect that you talked about, um, which is community. Um, what are some ways that you feel like communities are formed um, that are very unique to the Japanese culture or churches in Japan? Well, thinking about communities, I'm part of two communities in Japan. I'm part of the church community uh, where I where I live and where I work. And then in the past year and a half, I've become part of the climbing community in my area. And one thing I've noticed about communities in Japan is they're really, really strong. The bond is strong. People, once you are in a group or in a club, people want to know about you. They, um, they will follow you on Instagram and like all of your posts. Um, <laughs> they want to hear your story. And then there's like this, this kind of strong loyalty to, to protect and to contribute and to stay in the community. And so that's one thing that can be a strength of Japanese churches is once someone makes the leap of committing to Christianity, they they're either all in and all out like giving everything or it becomes clear that they can't do it and they they move move out so i feel like the the church community the people who are christian in japan are really strongly committed to their faith like you have to work to be a Christian in Japan. It's not easy. And that really strengthens people's identity as Christians. Um, it becomes, it can overpower other identities. Like, you know, you get disowned by your family. The church is your family. Um, the church is where you spend most of your time or 
um, those are those become like the most important relationships to you. We do talk a lot about how we are kind of like a family here in our church. And that's one of the reasons I didn't feel homesick for a long time is because I have like 10 mothers who make me food and want to drive me home at night and um, just will give me hugs when I need them, stuff like that. That is so special. Yeah, thank you for saying that. And that's something that I really admire about I think honestly just like churches in Asia that people or Christianity um, in areas other than the West um, because I feel like people really need to count the cost of what it means to follow Christ and there's something that is so beautiful about that it's like a willingness to sacrifice for this thing um, that they believe in and and there's something so powerful and raw about that. I think when you count when you count the cost, you have to evaluate and acknowledge exactly how precious the Christian faith is. It's worth it. It's worth giving up the dream job. It's worth your parents being mad at you for years. Being with God is totally worth it. What has been worth it for you in this season? I mean, the biggest joy has been seeing people get baptized. It's so amazing. And it's also so wonderful to see how they grow and how they work. They they contribute to the church after that. Um, so recently, actually, one of the first classes I taught five years ago was a mom moms and kids class. And so I had um, I had two students that were church members and two students, or two pairs, right? Two pairs that were church members and two pairs that were not. And one of them and her little daughter um, were so cute. And I just um, still love the little girl. But I heard recently, only only recently, that this, this woman her, asked me like why I came to Japan and I talked about God's leading. And she had been like, I think maybe she had accepted Christ and was like studying and preparing for baptism, but hesitating and having a hard time, like making the full step and taking the the plunge to commit and had heard about like God leading me and God used that, that testimony, that willingness to share about God's work to give her some courage to take another step and I I didn't know this I've been working with her in our small group now for four years and watching her daughter grow up and speaking English with her uh, but she only told me recently like that God used my testimony to help encourage her to get baptized and that was so special and so encouraging for me yeah that is very special like I I didn't personally lead her to Christ or know really that I had that, that I was part of it. It was, it was encouraging to find out later that God works through, God works through us having the courage to, to tell about what God has done for us. Well, Ray, thank you so much for taking the time today to chat with me on the podcast. It's been a joy 
getting to know you and hearing your story. It's been really lovely to talk to you. (laughs) So that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Thank you so much. Until next time.